1: I'm Chris, and, and welcome, welcome to, to The s- Most Haunted well City <laughs> on Earth.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons.
1: I'm Chris Susie. And I'm JT Timmons, and that's Patrick.
0: And Jingles, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Why
1: bring that thing closer? <laughs> For those of you who are only listening, Jingles is a small jester doll that is terrifying and batrick is a neon sign that flaps its wings
0: jingles has a sword though
1: <laughs> and for some reason madison has armed jingles because creepy porcelain face jester dolls need weapons
0: yes they do need weapons weapons for looking cool Anyways, so, yeah, so we're gonna do a good old ghost mail.
1: You've got ghost mail,
0: yes. Last time we did ghost mail, there were a lot of uh photos, so I'll be interested to see what the trend is this episode. Um, but yeah, we uh, before we get into all of that, we have only a couple announcements for y'all. So, um, December 17th, which is a Sunday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to do a para junkies only super spooky party adventure. Yeah. Hootenanny, right? Hoot-n-
1: we were referring to <laughs> it as a nanny at the some hoot-nanny. point. The spookin'anny. The
0: Is that, honestly? Spookin'anny's not bad. That pretty good.
1: Spookin'anny.
0: And so, um, yeah, we're going to be doing that. We're going to play games. We're going to probably have snacks. We're going to answer questions. We're going to talk about ghosts. We'll... Of course, if
1: you're tuning in live, uh, we can't get the snacks to you.
0: Yeah, but you but can, you can have... watch us eat it. Yeah, and you can have your own snacks. Bring your own snacks. Yeah, it's BYOS. BYOS. <laughs> <B-O-S. B-O-S. laughs> so, yeah. Um, if you want to join us for that, definitely become a pair junkie I think JT had said... That the live stream will be uploaded to YouTube, but like a week after or something like that? No,
1: it's the Tuesday after, so only a couple days. Okay.
0: Yep. But if you want to see it happen live and in action, you need to head on over to the Patreon. But uh, other than that, um, we are going to take a small Christmas break coming up here soon, uh, which is why December 17th is going to be like the big season finale blowout to our... Extravaganza. Indeed. Hutinani. So basically, though, uh, we're going to be doing that. And then also when we come back from uh, our Christmas little, ex- I guess, vacation of sorts, we are going to be doing our three-part episode uh, series on The Conjuring House. So uh, if you aren't aware, we are going to The Conjuring House in the dead of winter and um, leading up to that... We we're yeah, go- Just going
1: to New England in the dead of winter is scary enough, but we're going to the Conjuring House. Yes,
0: in the middle of nowhere in right. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. It's like perfect location to be in the middle of winter. Right, exactly. But we'll be there. We'll be there. And we'll, we're will we going to find out what exactly is going on inside that Conjuring House and if there really is a demon. Yeah,
1: we'll be leaving like 70 degree weather here
0: mm-hmm. to go and, and hang out with hang demons out with, and... With demons a
1: in 30 degree weather.
0: Perfect. Hey, Sounds like a good time. Uh, well, anyways, let's go ahead and get on into our ghost mail.
1: Ghost mail.
0: All right. So first one is going to be, uh, this was titled Heart Shape on My Shower Door. Mm. So, hello. Uh, here are some pictures and the story over again. Um I wanted to share this with you guys. My grandmother passed away last Sunday in my mother's house. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, and we had her funeral today. We just came home to my mother's house for dinner and I went to the bathroom to use the restroom and on the shower door was a heart made out of water. No one has showered since yesterday at 5 p.m. What do you guys think? Do you guys think this is my grandmother? And they attached photos. So there's, like, condensation that makes, like, a heart yeah. shape. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It is because really interesting. Because
1: I, I was imagining that it was a heart drawn into condensation. Right. Uh, but it is actually a heart made of condensation, of condensation. which is much more difficult to achieve <laughs>
0: That's really crazy, and especially because you said that it's like nobody's showered right. since the day before. I mean, there's no reason why there should be that much condensation. And it's a big-size heart for, it, yeah. It's, for those it's of you giant. who can't see it. Um, it's a very large heart on this shower door. Um, but, I mean, that could have definitely been your grandmother, you sure. know, just giving a little bit of an acknowledgement to y'all, um, you know. Uh, It's not uncommon for people to have the most profound experiences with their loved ones only days after they've passed. Um, And I think that's because spirits are so fresh at that point. They're going to be more apt to basically try to contact you right when they first get over there, you know.
1: And we've seen in in many instances where condensation has revealed messages, um, right? Uh, certainly not to this extent. You know, I'll, I'll, oftentimes it'll be like words that were written, and then when the um, like a mirror fogs up, you can see the words on the glass. Um, I remember one that was just high. You know, H I. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And it, it made a lot of rounds because it was so you know clearly the word high uh its so it's not an uncommon thing to 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 hear about ghosts manipulating you know glass and uh and condensation although this is very peculiar I don't think right. I've ever seen something quite like this where the condensation is the shape and of whatever it is and and nothing else right <laughs>
0: there's no condensation at all on the shower like yeah. it is a very just dry and clean shower. Right. So, so it's
1: it's very interesting.
0: It, it is very interesting. But I also could see how like, you know, moving condensation like that can be easier for a spirit because you're pulling right. in yeah. just to mold your little shape. Because it's not like the most perfect heart ever. But mm. if it's a spirit that's trying to but manipulate. But recognizable. Right. Right. It's like you know, if a spirit's trying to manipulate water particles, basically. Right. I mean, I wouldn't a expect a lot of work. I wouldn't expect it to be the perfect right size heart, but it has that very clear hump two hump and then uh, the point at the bottom. So right, it's super super interesting. So I I am personally partial to think that that was your grandmother. Yes, reaching absolutely.
1: out. Yeah, there is no reason for us to 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 doubt that.
0: Exactly. But thank you so much for sending that in um so this next one let me see if they want us to say their name all right so this one is from carl so hello i'm a new fan and i'm so glad i found you all through tiktok instantly my new favorite podcast well thank you very much carl this is my first time writing, and I have no idea how to shorten it, so if y'all want to skip the fluff and head directly to the meat, <laughs> scroll down to the part where I begin a paragraph in all caps. I mean, honestly, we're here for the fluff as well, yeah. so... Fluff. Fluff. Fluff it up. So, my name is Carl, and I've had a few encounters at the paranormal, but nothing too significant except for one thing, that on a scale of 1 to 100, it went over um, 1,000. Oh, God. LOL. For far too long, I've only been extremely perplexed by by WTF actually happening. And only by listening to this pod have I gained a modicum of understanding. Oh, wow. Wow. But before that, a light doppelganger story. Imagine my house as just a literal square and a gate at the front. One day I exited my room and I went straight for the gate to leave the house. But out of the corner of my eye, my father appeared in the kitchen which is the opposite direction of the gate. And so I turned around and yelled, Dad, I'm going out. This is what I always do. But for some reason, Father did not respond. Uh, I'm sure he heard me because I have a loud voice. uh, To uh, to my absolute horror, my actual dad exited from his room to my right and said, yes, go take care. So that's creepy. Um, I looked back at the kitchen and nobody was there anymore. I was both horrified and confused, but... This is this was nothing compared to when I experienced an actual possession. I use the word possession because that's the best description, descriptive word I can muster. And truth, I have absolutely no idea what happened. So here's my actual story. I apologize if this is already too long. I'm actually shaking writing this. Trust me, you can never write enough details. No, we want details all are them. very
1: important for us to, you know, uh, be able to comment. With as much information as we can.
0: Right. So, for context, I'm a dancer slash choreographer. Our group rarely takes on new people, but on September 1st, 2013, we took a whole batch of new 18 to 25 year olds to prepare for a show on September 7th, 2013. Fast forward to the end of the show, the whole group decided they wanted to relax and have drinks at my house. I'm always cool with this. And all the original members, 12 people, came, but only two of the new guys came. So these two fellas, Mike and Lance, they were friends, but to me, they're basically strangers. I've literally known them for less than a week. Didn't think much of it and just invited them along so that we can all bond. Typically, these drinking sessions ended around 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. However, at around 3.15 a.m., cliche AF... (laughs) (laughs) Things started to get weird. Unfortunately, our head choreographer, choreographer Jay, was for some reason trying to see something. And he he pulled other people, too, saying, hey, look at that. Do you see that? We weren't drinking heavy and nobody was drunk. So I paid absolutely no attention to him until I started to notice that he was starting to ask everyone except me. Um, So I just observed him. He kept saying something dark was walking around us, around the house. I can't sense these types of things, so I am absolutely clueless. By this point, I tried to rally everyone. I kept reassuring people that nothing was wrong. Let's all sit in a circle around each other and stop with the nonsense ghost hunting. So picture 14 people in a circle of chairs and no table around, just drinks on the, um, on the top of a cooler Mike specifically started to freak out. He was in the middle of two girls, AJ and Milky, and he was saying that a dark thing was after him. This time, my heart was beating fast and I felt dread, but I kept reassuring that nothing was wrong and I kept cracking jokes and passing around food. Less than 10 minutes had passed and Mike was in tears, begging for help. From his seat, he fell to his knees as he clutched AJ's legs. The last thing he ever said that morning was, it's behind me, it's beside, or it's beside me, please help. Then he collapsed unconscious to the floor, unmoving, silent stillness. We are all dumbfounded. Nobody was thinking, oh, he's just a drunk uh, loser, ha ha ha. No, nope. this was clearly something else. And while Mike was freaking out, I noticed that the two girls beside him were losing consciousness as well but not like Mike. Imagine like a literal dead body on the floor. The girls, AJ and Milky were still on their seats, but their eyes are glazed like three fourths of the way. closed. consciousness is there, but fading by this time. We're already screaming. We're calling their names and slapping their faces, but nothing was, uh, but a small er. Uh, or uh. it's like when you have sleep paralysis and you're screaming, but the noises from your mouth are just little whimpers. Everything or everyone else seems fine, despite absolutely losing our minds, and we have no idea what to do and can't make sense of the situation. We decided to go out to the house of the house, um, just outside the gate. We carried the three bodies outside. The girls seemed to have gained a minute of mount of awareness, but still unresponsive and limp. A smart person decided, "Oh, let's get rosaries and the cross and pray." Good idea. I ran back into the hell hole I once knew as my living room and grabbed a cross and a rosary. Can you guess what happened? We gave the cross to Mike, and then the base of the cross literally broke off. Mm. Still haven't found it to this day. We gave the rosary to one of the girls, and, yep, the beads snapped almost immediately, and the little cross on the rosary levitated off her hand. In all honesty, I'm not sure if it actually levitated, but that's the best way I can describe it because at the time, it seemed like something was repelling the objects. Now, this is where my personal horror starts. Since falling, Mike was, um, has been unconscious the whole time, but then he said, Carl, I have never been more mortified in my life. Everyone turned to me, and I just stared at Mike, eyes closed, body limp. Lance, and, uh, Lance was holding his back, so Mike is sitting on the floor, but his mouth wasn't moving or was moving. He was talking, but in slow mo. He said a lot of things, so I'll just summarize. He asked to be with my grandfather. First off, Mike doesn't know I have a grandfather, and they haven't met because my grandfather was already asleep by the time we arrived in the house and hasn't left his room the whole time. Mike said he was very lonely and wanted nothing more than to be with my grandfather. Number two, he said he was dis- uh, my. He said he was my deceased grandmother and asked me to take him to my grandfather. I didn't put a uh, thought about it. I didn't respond, but Mike kept talking. Number three, he began to recite my memories of my childhood, and he told me about riding bikes and scooters, and they were all accurate. Tell me how someone I just met knows of what I did when I was 8 to 10 years old, even the color of my first bike. At this point... It's 4.45 a.m., and someone suggested to take him to a priest. Good idea. We placed Mike and the two still-limp girls in the car along with me and one other guy. Everyone was crying at this point and getting hysterical, but we arrived at this place, well, I can only describe as a church club or a congregation of some sort. No idea, actually. I wasn't um, the religious one in the group. The driver, friend... Said that this was the place he goes to pray, and there are priests and practitioners around. Um, Thought the car ride and, or throughout the car ride and inside the building, Mike has stayed unmoving and silent. We were received by some monk looking dudes who were extremely reserved with their words. Bro, this feels like a movie at this point. However, they did nothing but put Mike on a random table and asked if he wanted breakfast. I'm like, WTF, uh, help us. Anyway, they asked us to fill up a questionnaire again. No idea. My guess is that the priest wasn't there and the monk dudes, very young looking, were extremely scared of us and chose to hide and leave us in the reception area. As we are writing, um, Mike suddenly bolted upright. Everyone in the group tensed up and we became dead silent and a wave of dread returned. Mike then was walking in a circle around the group with his eyes closed um, somehow managing not to hit anything. I was absolutely mortified again, once again when, after circling the whole group, Mike decided to stop walking right behind my back and then turn to me. Still eyes closed, he said, and did nothing, though, so I was relieved. Um, I mustered up the courage to guide him back to the table where we, we laid him back down. Since everyone in this place was clearly not wanting to help us, we just decided to leave and go home. Just when we were about to leave, Mike and the two girls almost synchronously uh, gained consciousness. Since Mike seemed to be back to his self, uh, we asked him all the questions in the world, and like a perfect cliffhanger, of course, he has no memories of anything at all. All he said was that nothing was uh, like this has ever happened before, and that his father was a pastor. Weird detail. Anyway, it's 5 a.m. I'm mustering up the strength to return home, and so we decided to end the day there. This is where, my, uh, the, where the story ends. One last thing, though. About two weeks after the incident, I was walking alone at the local mall and ran into Mike, of all people, G's, and broad daylight. For some reason, I became afraid the moment I saw his face. I swear I saw the devil himself. He didn't feel human, and I will never forget this feeling. I wasn't just afraid of him. I swear the wave of fear and dread upon seeing it. uh, His face was 10 times stronger than when the whole possession event happened. I literally felt like I was in the presence of Satan himself. I ran. Oh, I really, really ran. 10 years later, I still remember seeing his face that day and the very clear feeling that he wasn't human, the very clear feeling like being around a demon. I've avoided Mike ever since, even in pictures to this day. If I see his picture, I am absolutely frightened. So after all this, in truth, my only question is, what the absolute F? Anyway, that was a lot. I hope this provides you with a, at least a bit of entertainment, and I hope it makes it into an episode. Yay. Yeah. Um, my birthday is coming up, and I would love for y'all to read this before the year ends.
1: Oh: <laughs> Well, it will be. Happy birthday. Yay. Happy birthday. Happy birthday,
0: Carl. I love your show, and I will always be watching. Thank you, Chris, Madison, and JT, for what you do. Carl. Aww. Well, that was a roller coaster of a story, Carl.
1: That was incredible. And it's interesting because from the sounds of it and because I've heard many, many doppelganger stories, I have my own, and there's a lot of interest. But you actually are one of the only stories I know of that appears or seems Mm -hmm. to be a story about the doppelganger winning Michael is no longer Michael. That's the doppelganger is from the sound of the story. Ooh. The doppelganger living in the house that you saw your father in was working hard on creating its physical form in this world. Mm. Um, working hard and, and sounds like it's been around your family a long time. And it sounds like it had targeted your grandmother. And it's possible that your grandmother passed before it had an opportunity to inhabit that form and then became sort of a free range spirit looking for a new Host, persona. Right. And those personas oftentimes are just about opportunity. How easily can you replicate this person? How easy can you infiltrate this person? What, you know, so the dark thing that Michael saw that night, and again, this is wild conjecture, wild theories, right. but listening to the story. It does, it does have the connotation because we talk about doppelgangers a lot on this uh, podcast. And the thing about a doppelganger is it is trying to inhabit a human life. It's trying to take over the human life. Um, and that process is one that uh, many people think is, is a physical process such as the doppelganger has a full physical form and gets rid of the other physical form. So you have two physical entities. They look like They have the same memories. They exist in the same you know, physical world. And then the doppelganger simply does away with the original. I think that night was the introduction of the doppelganger to the host that it wishes to you know, overtake. Right. And your ability to see through that disguise is because that doppelganger was around you. A long time.
0: That's fascinating. If
1: it was able to recall things from your whole life, it was mm-hmm. able to. Because again, I, I'm going from pieces that were coming out the fact that the doppelganger wanted to be back with your grandfather, and because it sounded like the spirit, which was claiming to be your grandmother was a doppelganger, not 100% formed. It was trying to get to that place where it was like, that's where I belong in, in the physical world. I belong with your grandfather. You know, let me live out my life. You know, let me be that person, not fully realizing that it had inhabited a young man. Right. And so after getting to this place that is surrounded by religious icono- uh, iconography and and. Uh, and, and, and the, the fear of being driven out, it decided to play nice. It decided to to tamper down, but now it was attached to Michael, and it probably spent the next bit of time between that night and the time you saw him at the mall perfecting its Michael impersonation, perfecting its Michael uh, you know doppelganger, to the point at which it removed Michael. Again, I know that's wild conjecture. I know that's, that's, right. that's, that's, you know, that is, uh, you know, horror movie material. Absolutely. I mean, but
0: this sounds like a straight horror movie.
1: But it does. It, it, all the elements are there for that story to be what we're dealing with. Um, because it, it's funny, you thought that it was fluff to suggest that you saw a doppelganger. Right. But then to talk about a spirit that claimed to be a family member, that's doppelganger me- mentality is. Mm-hmm. What does a doppelganger have? A doppelganger has all the memories of whoever it's trying to be right And if a doppelganger misses out on its opportunity to become that person, it's stuck with all of those memories it's stuck with all of that mm-hmm. things. so it's very likely that the doppelganger attached to your father and tried to be your father and was was working on that persona. but there must have been something about Michael that was uh so spiritually open mm-hmm. that it could um inhabit. And then replicate and then realize. Because I think once the doppelganger was in Michael, it was trying to be your grandmother. But, of course, it didn't look like your grandmother. It did So in its attempt to be your grandmother, it may not have realized it didn't look like your grandmother. Right. You know, it may have not realized. It's that like, it, mm,
0: wrong yeah, one.
1: Oh, oh, no. And, you know, that may have taken time. Um, and the interesting thing of of having so many people present for it, having the people closest to him fading mm-hmm. because the draw of energy is, is drawing from not just him. Cause I'd be interested if you had any contact with those other two women, right. You know, did they bring it, it, you know, do they have any interesting, do you notice anything strange about them? But I'm going to go on and say that that's what it sounds like mm-hmm. because your instant recognition of it as a, a demon or a devil or something like that, you know, um, and, it may, you know, on, on the non metaphysical side and on the non supernatural side, it just might be because that night was so traumatizing mm-hmm. and that he is the representation of the trauma of that night. However, when you put all these elements together, the story looks or seems clear.
0: It does. And, you know, it's... um. It's just fascinating too because uh, it reminds me. So, like, the way that it, how you were saying it almost sucked the energy mm-hmm. and the life source out of these girls. Um, we'll talk about this when we do the breakdown of the Conjuring House. But uh, Cindy Perrin, which was one of the sisters, she had an experience in the hallway where, you know, nobody right. would go. Yes. Where, like, she was walking through and suddenly got hit with just this draining energy and she was sick for like a week mm-hmm. they uh, took her home from school thinking you know she had a cold or something but she literally slept for a week because right. she had no energy just from that one moment and that one interaction
1: and that interaction generally being an interaction with a very evil and right. malevolent force that is you know draining the life force from you so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm fascinated i would love some like more information if you have it, Carl.
0: Yeah. Um, and honestly, it was just a, a fascinating story in general. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you for sharing it with us because you don't – people forget that possession sort of cases are not very common in the they scheme are. of things. No. And so like that takes a very, very long path. Um,
1: and a lot of people don't realize the end game because most of the possession stories that we hear are from – exorcism point of view or from cleansing point of view, they're not from losing. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens when the possession is complete? People really underestimate how valuable being a human being is and how spiritual entities desperately want the power of being a human being you know we can't seem to tap it we're 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 bad at it <laughs> we're bad, we're bad at being spiritual beings yes. uh, because we have all this physical um, nonsense to deal with uh but spiritual entities recognize right away that we're like lightning rods for power and the goal is not the corruptibility or anything like that it's to be in charge of a vessel that has at it the full power and potential of all of reality so we very rarely hear the story of a possession that endured or, or was successful. Um, and trust me, there are far more of them than there are of fighting. You know, there are far more successful possessions because nobody knows what they are. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody, nobody witnesses it. They 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 see a change in personality. They see a change in a person's you know general mood. And that could very well be a spiritual entity taking over or completely replicating a person.
0: Exactly. So super interesting. Um, Thank you very much, Carl, for sending that in. And happy birthday again. Happy birthday. Um, So we have time for one more. And this one is uh, interesting because we've been sent this – sent a photo, I think, of the same person multiple times – Hi, Chris, Madison, and JT. I've been a big fan since the start of the podcast. Uh, you accompany me on my 45 minute drives and t- uh, to and from work every day. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this picture. I would love to know your thoughts about it. I can't imagine what this person might be experiencing. Thank you all for all that you do. Stay, hashtag stay spooky summer S. So there's this photo of a woman who basically has a Ouija board tattooed on her back. Oh, right. And so people have been dying for us to discuss this. And I want to preface this. We are not saying you can't put whatever you want on your body. Absolutely. So, you know, no tea, no shade to this woman for having a Ouija board tattooed on her back. Now, I think where people's curiosity comes from is, like, does that make you a target?
1: A vessel, a target.
0: Right. Absolutely. Right, And... Which is a fascinating concept because personally, I've never seen somebody tattoo a Ouija board like full blown. Yeah, I've like, seen the
1: planchette. Yeah, I've seen
0: planchettes, but that's a or lit- the,
1: the sun and the moon or you know, yes yeah. and no, you know,
0: exactly bits and pieces, Yeah, yeah, which is cool and that's fine. Um, but this is like you could literally lay her down and you could take a planchette and use it. It's which is intense. <laughs> Got to
1: pay extra for that.
0: you, pay- <laughs> 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 you know it's um. I feel like she or, uh, you know, they might have experienced maybe an uptick of.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it, this is one of the tricks of like a Ouija board or things like that is the intent of the device of the mm-hmm. thing, uh, because there are lots of ways that you can communicate. And then what is the intent behind it? Um, you know, it's possible that the intent of tattooing a Ouija board on your back is to announce Or honor your spiritual connection, Mm -hmm. um, and not I am a vessel for speaking to spirits. Right. Um, And so it comes and goes. You know what you're really dealing with is what is the intent of the object? Um, Because you know, Ouija board that is mass produced in a you know factory somewhere that's you know sitting at the Walmart shopping shelf, Mm -hmm. and you bring it home. Its intent is. Blanket, You know, there's there's nothing to it. But what do we do with it? What what is, what is our intentions with it? When we put our hands on it, what are we doing? And a lot of times people don't know what they're doing. And that's what makes it such a dangerous tool is that we are just simply reaching out into the dark saying, hey, talk to me. That intent makes it very difficult. And that's why we tend to tell people to avoid Ouija boards. And it's not necessarily because they're inherently evil or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's because – they are a uh, a gateway to or an invitation to uh, tangling with some very powerful entities that really want to communicate, mm. really want to come through. So when you see something like that, when you see people who have a lot of the um, the icons associated with um, pagan religion or with um, any supernatural or dark entities or things of that nature, oftentimes they are expressing themselves they are expressing, uh, their, um, their attitudes and their sensations and their feelings, and it may not be supernaturally guarded. It might just be a question of taste and a question of who they are. Um, so the intention is to represent themselves. That's probably okay. But if the intent is I'm going to mark myself with these symbols specifically to contact uh, forces beyond the physical realm, then they're probably inviting right. some kind of, you know, uh, dark interaction.
0: Well, and it's that's the basis of all witchcraft: is your intent is everything. I mean, if you you know you could do a spell all day long, but if you don't have a specific intention for it, it's nothing's gonna happen. Um, and so I, I, I agree with that. You know, it's all about what is the point of why you're doing this? Because a lot of people think Ouija boards are absolutely beautiful. You know, people, some people collect them. Absolutely. Um, and so that, and that's all cool and fine and dandy. Would I personally do that to myself? Probably not. No, I wouldn't certainly, you know, but if it's a thing and, um, I'd be interested to hear if they yeah, you know, have, you know, experiences because, because I've never seen it before.
1: That's an interesting point, too, is um, there are people who handcraft beautiful Ouija ports and they're beautiful and they're wondrous and 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 great. And yeah, if you're if you just love the, the design work and even the idea behind it. Great. But if your, your thing is that is going to be the tool I use right. specifically to contact X, Y and Z. That becomes a different entity, a different thing. There is this, this um, connotation that a Ouija board automatically means devil or automatically means demon or automatically means darkness. Um, and, and I tend to stand on the side of that, not mm-hmm. because I believe that as a blanket, it's just much easier to warn people. … than it is to come up with the long list of provisions, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the long list of, of well, you know, uh, as a tool, as a thing, da da The truth of the matter is there are entities clawing at the very fabric of reality that really want in. And a Ouija board is one of the easiest ways for it to access because we are actively opening doors for them. So – and it's a simple door. Right. You know, it is not, it, it requires no ritual or knowledge of pagan practice so or true. anything like that. This is, you know, a one on one beginner's kit to opening doors. So that's what makes the Ouija board such a uh, volatile subject and, and why I almost always say don't mess with them. Right. Not because they're instantly going to cause havoc and ruin, but because they are intrinsically designed to open your mind to the possibility of communication beyond what we're supposed to be able to do <laughs> and just that much is enough for something to squeeze through
0: oh yeah well I mean you you can have conversations with you know Ouija board lovers um, I've had so many with them you know they're like how is it any different than um, any other form of divination? And I think really it comes down to people who are practicing other forms of divination, like using runes or doing osteomancy.
1: Uh, Even tarot, you really have to have a level of understanding and comprehension.
0: Right. Exactly. And so it's like you most people who are dabbling in those other forms of divination have done the reading, done the research
1: because it wouldn't be fruitful. Exactly. You wouldn't get information any other way. The thing about Ouija board that they don't explain is when you put your hands on the planet, you start moving it. your physically your own energy, your physical energy is is being involved, which means you are trading some piece of your physical energy for some piece of supernatural information. That exchange is highly volatile and dangerous. I mean, that is you know the basis of, of, of what people have thought from the beginning of time was you know a deal with the devil or you know uh, dealing with the fae or anything like that. You cannot just get anything for nothing. So, what are you paying? So, you know, like with um, uh, with any other divination, oftentimes it is uh, you are paying in intellect and in um, in study. You, know, you you put the time in. You create the ritual. You follow through on all these things. And generally, they're dealt to protect you. They, you know, right. they, they are the things between you and it. Yeah. Uh, with the Ouija board, you're literally touching it. <laughs> you're, you're literally using your own physical energy to move it. Because um, that's another thing is people think that, oh, the spirits are moving the planchette. It's like, no, no, no. It, it's your energy. It's your strength. So when you're like, are you pushing it? It's like there's a very thin line. You note that you're not consciously pushing it. But it's your energy. You can't, you know, uh, if you're not touching it and it moves by itself, then you can say, Oh, that's the spirit moving. Right. It. But it but for the time that you're actually engaged in and, and and going through with it, you are feeding something. And it could be, you know, grandma. Who knows? Sure. But it also could be, you know, Thorax from the planet Goron. <laughs> so, you know, just be n- right. Just just note that just note. that I do have a blanket statement. Don't mess with Ouija boards. Uh, And that is simply because it's it's far easier to say don't than it is to to list the conditions of of when it's
0: okay. Right. It's yeah, it's just best to just let it just be. You know, if Mm -hmm. you see one, admire it. Yeah. Or if you
1: own one, you know, put it on display.
0: Yeah. Put it in a box. (laughs) You know, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, there's some beautiful ones uh, at the old factory. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful Ouija boards. Beautifully made. You know, I've, I've seen some amazingly beautiful. And, and the concept behind them, great. Yeah. I do love Ouija boards for those.
0: The ornamental. Yeah, like, for the
1: ornamental aspects. But in use, I've seen them go terribly awry.
0: Yeah. JT, it actually used a Ouija board one time when he was a kid.
1: Yeah. That's what's actually been told on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. If Go
0: digging. Yeah. If you can find it somewhere. But yeah, honestly, thank y'all so much for always sending in really good ghost smells. Yeah, mail. great
1: ghost smells. We've been getting a lot of pictures and I videos love it. and sounds. Oh, I love it. So yeah, if you've got things, please send them in and know that we are not on on a debunking pattern right you know we're here to receive what you're willing to share and we understand that sometimes that takes great risk Mm -hmm. that it, it often is a huge risk to put yourself out there and say i had this experience because the prevailing sentiment is it's not true until it's proven true and we can't live that way you know we have to deal in faith and we have to deal in experience So feel free to share.
0: Yeah, share whatever you, even if you're like, I'm not sure what this is. What do you take from it? Yeah, especially if you're not sure. Yeah, we're so happy to look at anything y'all got. Um, But yeah, Um, so if you do have something you want to send us, you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. That is the best way for me to see it. Um, If you send it on TikTok, you send it on uh, wherever. I'm probably going to miss it. Uh, because TikTok does this really weird thing when somebody follows you, it like people can like send like a wave, right? Or something then like, like that. And you get like a thousand waves, yeah. And- so it, it things get lost in the waves, you know. <clears throat> but also,
1: if you have questions, yeah, they questions don't have to be too. stories, you know. If you just have questions about uh, paranormal anythings,
0: yeah, send them on in. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.